Right. You can shut up now. I want to pray God's blessing in Aramaic because I always do that. Anybody speak Aramaic? No? So there are no Iraqi Christians here. Don't worry, God understands it. Shemid Baba, Rona, Broka, Koshka, Ha'alacha, Alochuma'ana. Amen. The blessing of God, Almighty Father, Son, Holy Spirit. For the Lord is here. His Spirit is with us. How many of you are from the university? You know, all the time I was here, I never knew there was a wacky church in Cambridge. <laughs> I never knew. How, so, are you the only one? Yeah. PH, look, I know PhD students don't count. Yeah, I keep being told from my son and heir, don't worry about having doctorates from Cambridge. That means nothing. You wouldn't have gotten here as an undergraduate. <laughs> and that's right. But which is your college? Sorry? Hughes Hall. Hughes Hall. Where are you an undergraduate? Newnham. Oh, she's a Newnham lady. <laughs> Newnham is a real college. And because I was at Vicar Factory next door at Ridley, that means that any of my books you can get free. <laughs> Absolutely free. And the only other people who are allowed to get free books are people from Clare College. Not, not the pretend Clare Hall, Clare College. Who's a Clare person? Well, Clare people, not postgraduates, real students, and Queen's students. Okay? Fair enough deal, isn't it? Well, it's very good to be here with you today at the real place, in the real university, which just happens to be the best in the world. So it's very good to be here, and it's very good to be in a wacky service. And all, all my years, both as a student and fellow here, I never knew there was a wacky church in Cambridge. Wacky is a good way of saying a spirit-filled church. You know, so it's really exciting. It's amazing what God is doing. To get God working in Cambridge is really hard. Because 
we are so used to the kind of eight nominee part three filios pelitos santos amen we're not used to the glory of the lord is here so it's wonderful to be with you today and it's wonderful to come here from the Middle East where I'm based and I want to share with you something from scripture right Romans Chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. I had a little discussion with God this morning. I said, what do you want me to preach about this morning? And he said, I want you to talk about my glory. We start every service in Iraq with the words, Allahumma'na, the Lord is here. His spirit is with us. But, as you read Romans 8, 17. You see that the glory is only known through the suffering. Unless you know the suffering of Christ, you cannot know the glory of Christ. Now, in this room tonight, there will be lots of people who have suffered. I can change that. Hold on. In this room tonight, everybody has suffered. Everybody has known what it means to have been ill, to have lost loved ones, either physically lost them or for them not to be around in your life. And to all of you, God is saying, that suffering is going to be the means of revealing my glory. It's when we have suffered that we can know God's glory. Without suffering, you cannot know the real glory of the cross. The cross is the ultimate sign of suffering. When our Lord 
our Savior, our Yeshua, our Jesus, is separated from his Father. And with him being separated from his Father, there is no real hope. There is real, real suffering. But we live in a time where we cannot move forward without the glory of God. Yes, we like the talk about the glory of God. But it says unless we know the suffering of Christ, we cannot know the glory of Christ. In my life, in my work, I live with those who suffer. I cannot describe what has really happened to my people. It's too painful. I cannot even say it really without crying. And yet, there in Baghdad, I never forget the day when one of my young adopted children was with me. And the voice of the martyrs from Canada was there. And they said to her, why is it that you're so happy? You've got mortar bombs coming over. Your people are being blown up all the time. And this is the happiest place we've ever been. Ah, she said to him, you see, when you've lost everything, Jesus is all you've got left. We have lost everything. But we haven't lost Jesus. We have lost people, loved one, vision, but we haven't lost the presence of the Almighty and the cross-centered life of the Almighty. In my work in Jordan, I was very much based in Baghdad until I had to get out when ISIS ISIS kind of decided, I invited them to dinner one night, you know, as you do. <laughs> Would you like to come and have dinner with me? I'm a great believer in inviting the bad guys to dinner. Most of the time it's meant that the bad guys will come onto your side. But this time they said, yeah, we'll come for dinner but we'll chop off your head as well. So I didn't push him any further. <laughs> I thought maybe we leave it at that. All of our people started moving from Iraq 
there were one and a half million Christians in Iraq. Now there are 200,000. And they are all in Kurdistan. And only a few in Baghdad. And in Jordan we have many. I went to the children one day in my school. We have a school. It's a very good school. I'll show you some pictures of it later. And I gave all the children a cross from Bethlehem. And one of the boys started to cry. He said, his name was Joseph. All the boys are called Joseph and the girls are Mary. It's a bit like the Muslim children, all Muhammad. Well, we have Mary and Joseph. So Joseph said, I wanted a cross for my daddy. But Dash, Isis, killed my daddy. I said, we will take this cross for your daddy and we will put it on the altar and that will be your daddy's. A few weeks ago when I was planning to come to England or America, I said to the children in the class, as I always say to them, I'm leaving for a while, going to America and England. What do you want me to say to the people? And they always say the same thing. Tell them Jesus loves them. So Jesus loves you, all right? But then Joseph said, I want you to take my cross. I want you to take my cross to them and tell them Jesus loves them. So I said, Joseph, I will take your cross to them. And here is his cross. Who wants it? Who wants it? Who's from Claire? <laughs> Claire person want it? What are you reading? Uh, I did natural science. Anaxki. Yeah, <laughs> they work really hard. Yeah, you can have it. There we are. And the other one can go to you. No, very generous. So, he wanted to show that despite everything being lost, the love of Jesus was not lost. One day, 
Another man called Yosef, most of them Yosef, phoned me and said, Abuna, Abuna, something awful has happened. ISIS came to me yesterday and they said, if you don't say you're going to become a Muslim, you're dead and so your children. He said, I couldn't have seen my children killed. So I said the words, I'm so sorry, Abuna. I said, don't say sorry to me. He said, will Jesus forgive me? I said, absolutely. I said, the fact is, if I was asked, your children or you say this, I may have done it myself. Would any of you? Yeah, it's a reality. We're not talking about nice guys trying to even sell the Big Issue magazine. We're talking about real, real, real evil people. So I said, God will forgive you. And do not think you're any worse than us. I would have done the same. Two days later, I had a call from somebody else. This time ISIS had turned up and they hadn't asked the father. They had said to the children, Will you say you will follow Islam and that Muhammad is the greatest? Otherwise, you are dead. And do you know what they said? The children said, we love Jesus. And Jesus loves us. And he talks to us every day. And we talk to him. We can never say that. We always love Jesus. And we will never say anything against Jesus. Yes, a grown-up like us may have said that, but not the children. And they killed them. All of the children were killed. I cried and I cried and I cried. And in the morning, some of the young children in our compound came in to me. They call me Daddy. They say, Daddy, we saw them in a dream last night and they were all in heaven dancing with Jesus. I said, I know they are. And that really gave me the encouragement. Yes, we may lose everything, but when we have lost everything, Jesus 
is all with God. Jesus is all with God. And every day when I line up with our children to go into school, I'm in class five. I'm really in all the classes, but they've given me a desk in class five. Would you like to see my class? Is there a picture of my class? That's before we go into class. We sing the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic. And here are the children singing before they go into class. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Seeing those little children so faithful in their service of the Lord. And I know when I'm with my children that they know him. And they know him personally. And all of us sitting here tonight in the wacky church, the wacky church with black walls, it's like no wacky church I've ever seen before. You won't find this in the Cambridge College Chapel, will you? But neither will you find that kind of life which is here. So we thank God for the life which is here. This is not dead. God's not dead. He's alive. And this place is alive. And so we thank God that even though we may all suffer in suffering we gain new life. But one of the things that all of us need to know is that suffering is real. And God is with you in your suffering. It's not everything is so great. Come to our wacky church and it'll all be wacky. It's 
in your suffering, in your brokenness, God is saying, I will stand beside you. I will come with you. I am about brokenness. And yet, unless you've experienced my brokenness, you cannot know my glory. If there's somebody here who has never experienced brokenness or suffering, you can leave now because there's nothing else to say to you. Is there anybody? No? So we're all broken together. We've all suffered together. And God is saying, I'm there beside you. God is saying, in your suffering, in your brokenness now, I come and stand beside you. And I will walk with you. I will walk the road to wholeness. No, your pain might not go. Your diabetes is still there. Don't forget your insulin in the morning. But that is a reality. That is what life is like. You know, it's quite interesting, coming from a medical background, suffering from MS, witnessing to the glory of God, seeing the miraculous, but the greatest thing I see is God with people in their brokenness now. And he takes you by the hand and he says, I'm not leaving you, I'm with you. And he says, come what may, I'm standing next to you. We are heirs. And if we're heirs, If we are heirs, that means we are children. Children of the Father. If we are heirs, that means what is ours comes from our Father. If we are children, that means what is our Father's will become ours. I'm sorry your father's not got anything. Never mind. But all of us are children of the Almighty. All of us are promised to receive from him, come what may. Do any of you feel that you need to have something from him? Look, I'm used to an Arabic church. 
Arabic churches, they shout at their priest. <laughs> and if they don't agree with you, they tell you. So if you want to say, shut up, you're talking rubbish, you can. I want to engage with you. And it's difficult engaging with you when you all look so nice and quiet. <laughs> and yes, you all look very nice. Good. Who is suffering? Put your hand up if you're suffering. And the Lord says, he is with you now. I'm not telling you that if you wave a piece of green cloth, like I was told on American television last week, <laughs> if I waved a piece of green cloth, all my illnesses would go away. But I am telling you that he will come to you. Come, Lord. Say, come, Lord. Your servant has heard. Come, Lord. Your servant heareth. I have called you, says the Lord. I will not fail you ever. And sometimes we just have to be honest to God and say, look, Lord, I'm really going through a hard time. I've been prayed for for healing for so long and nothing has happened. What are you saying to me? Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, what he's saying is he's right there next to you. Is not saying everything is going to be perfectly right. The fact is we are living in a partially inaugurated exotology. You know, the present evil age is continuing whilst the glory of God is here. And we have to realize that the two go together. But you have to realize that he who has called you will not fail you. And he has called you. Let's just stop for a moment and say, Lord, see my brokenness, see my pain. Come and stand beside me. And let's all just say quietly, Come, Lord, your servant heareth. I know you have called me. You will not fail me. I know you have called me. You will not fail me.
And we say, thank you, Jesus, that you are here. Thank you, Jesus, that you're right beside me. There is power in praise. If we can praise God, even in our brokenness. You know, loving your enemy is really difficult when he has just killed your best friend. And I've had that. I've had that situation where I know that the Lord says, love your enemy, because Jesus loved our enemies. And when your enemy has literally killed one of your closest friends a few days before, it's really hard. And I can remember just saying, Lord, you know what has happened. Will you help me to love my enemy? Will you help me to forgive my enemy? It's really hard. Who's asked God to help them to love their enemies? Who hasn't been able to? If there are people who you really don't like, can I suggest something to you? Go and buy them some good chocolates. <laughs> Not Cadbury's. <laughs> At least Thornton's. Right? Buy them some Thornton's chocolates and just give them to them this week. And I don't just give nice chocolates to people I love. I give them to other people as well. I was on breakfast television once, and I took the person interviewing me. I took them some really good Fortnum Mason's chocolates. But that was because I like them more than the Thornton's chocolates, people. <laughs> but I really believe we have to practically show the love of God. It's not just saying, I love you, and doing nothing about it. You've got to show that love practically. And then God can transform that relationship. Doesn't mean it's going to be all easy, but we're giving him the opportunity to. We need to give God the opportunity to really show his glory. Indeed, we share in his suffering in order that we may share in his glory. And then the passage goes on to say one of the most profound things. 
I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that is to come. My loved ones have been killed and broken. They have been sentenced to death by those who had no power to do that. And God is saying, in all of this, my glory will be revealed. Do you believe that? Not sure. Do you believe that God will turn your suffering into glory? When? Soon. Seriously, we've got to believe that this week we will see a transition from suffering to glory. But we mustn't deny the suffering which is so real. We mustn't deny that in that suffering, God wants to reveal his glory. Suffering and glory always go together. And so I can say, yes, our people have been killed. Our church has been blown up. But, in all that suffering, God's glory is now real. And I thank God that he has given me the opportunity to see his glory amongst those who have suffered. And with my children in school, they will all tell you about how Dash came and tried to destroy them. They will tell you about how ISIS killed their fathers or their brothers or sisters. But I have never had one say to me, Jesus isn't with me. They have said to me just a week before last, before this happened, we thought we knew Jesus. Now we know his glory, and we know the presence of Jesus like we never could have imagined. Let Jesus' glory come to your life now. Come, Lord, in your glory. Come in your power. And what Jesus really wants to do is show you his glory. What really he wants to do is say, here I am, come, come, receive.
Now Jesus is a Jesus who wants us to know his wholeness, his healing. He is a Jesus who speaks to us individually. And he is a Jesus who has spoken to me even about some of you tonight. Who's got eye problems? Anybody got retinitis pigmentosa? Really? You've got retinitis pigmentosa? Come out here. Jesus said today that he wanted to heal somebody with retinitis pigmentosa. May the Lord Jesus be upon you. May he touch your retina. May he bring you healing. May he bring together those pigments in your retina. And may he heal you. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's not every day at church somebody asks you if you've got retinitis pigmentosa, is it? Now, the other people I believe God wants to start bringing healing to, it's not an instant healing. Two issues. People with fibromyalgia and people suffering from ME or chronic fatigue. Who's got fibromyalgia? May the Lord meet you in your pain and your anxiety and that pain in your limbs and your body and may he bring healing and wholeness. Who has chronic fatigue or ME? May the Lord bring healing and may he start that process of healing now. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And somebody else with who has had a very serious bone inflammation, osteomyelitis. Who's suffered from osteomyelitis? You have over there. May God touch your body, touch that profound pain and infection and remove that infection now in Jesus' name. Now, my friend with retinitis pigmentosa, 
Is it difficult to read the Bible? Who said they had retinitis pigmentosa? Can you read easily? You still can read. Is there anybody who can't read very well? No? Yeah? Where? Right. Now, where is... Where's my electric Bible? Here we are. Would you like a Bible that talks to you? It's quite useful having a Bible that talks to you. If you can't read very well, it's good having one that does it for you. Even music. That's Arabic. The book of Genesis. Here we are. Chapter one. Here we are. Beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who wants this one? No, the person who can't see properly. Send somebody up here. You haven't got to come yourself. Send somebody to get it for you. There's some instructions there, and it's solar powered, so you don't need batteries. It's good, isn't it? And you know, that is actually, that is invented by Israel. I thank God for the way that he has called us to minister in the Middle East. Yes, I started off my life in Israel, and I end up working in the Arab world. I didn't want that. I didn't believe in that. I was one of these kind of crazy pro-Israel people. Is anybody a crazy pro-Israel people? Well, the good news is that God is for Jews and Arabs. And this pen says Jews and Arabs. But you can have it. Yeah, there we are. You've just got to click it three times and it comes on. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the... I've got various books for sale here, but one of the really important ones is called Older Younger Brother, The Tragic Treatment of the Jews by the Christians. And we have often failed to realize that the Christians have persecuted the Jews for nearly 2,000 years. And <clears throat> the continuing replacement theology, which says 
The church has replaced Israel is absolute lies. Yes, as we read in Romans 9 to 11, we do share in a lot of the heritage of Israel. God has enabled the blessings through the line of Ibrahim, Abraham, Abraham, to be shared with those who believe in Yeshua, in Jesus, who is the true root of the olive tree. But he has not finished his commitment to his people Israel. And every time I say that, and I'm sure it will happen tonight, I have people coming up to me and saying, well, what about the poor Palestinians? Well, hard luck. I work with the poor Palestinians all day, every day. I've built schools for them. I've built hospitals for them. And the biggest help I've received is from an organization called Israel which is an NGO from Israel. And in our work in Kurdistan with all the Christian refugees, the first people who came to our help when ISIS started killing all of the Christians, do you know who they were? Two people. Israel and Pastor Stephen. You were the first people who came to us and said, we want to help you. And the sad reality is that most of the church forgot about our own brothers and sisters. They were our people. And it was you here and Israel who were the only ones who helped us. Are we not brothers? We are brothers and sisters. Sorry about the females and sisters together, working for the glory of God, working for the healing of the nations. Well, I'm probably out of time now, aren't I? Yes, I am. I'm being told clearly I'm out of time. It's been wonderful being with you. God's blessing be with you. God's glory be with you. Can I come back one day? <laughs> <laughs>